Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain unlimited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, Indiana. Buck, it's nice to be back here. I mean, it's always good to come to Indianapolis for the Combine because not only do we get a chance to see all the prospects, but it's the conversations. It's the after-hours conversations where we get a chance to talk to executives and coaches and kind of find where the league is trending. To me, I come away with more intel and information just off those conversations than based off what I get in the stadium. I think people that haven't been here before would be a little bit surprised by what takes place here and how just open it is. Everybody in the league is here. You know, I go to dinner last night with our with our buddy Rhett, the, uh, our PBU there, Rhett Lewis, mm-hmm. and sitting at the table right next to you is, is Pace and, and Nagy. So you get a chance to say hello to those guys. You just see people from every team kind of floating in and out of these restaurants. And uh, the NFL, it is a small, small circle, and everybody's here. Yeah, everyone is here, and everyone is willing to share. I think that's the misnomer about the league. Like, guys really share information. There's a lot of open dialogue, especially this time of year because you have franchise tags, you have trades being discussed, and you have free agency that is also on the horizon. So there are a lot of conversations, a lot of good conversation when the league business really begins to commence when we start in March. All right, we're going to go through and look at uh, your new mock draft that came out, some highlights from that. We're going to highlight the defensive players this year in the combine, a little preview mm-hmm. there as well. But before we get there, this is a, an opportunity for each team, I have a general manager and a head coach, have a press conference here. A lot of times you don't get anything out of it. I, I jokingly put out a little tweet about, you know, I think it was movie Maverick. Remember that one with yes. uh, Mel Gibson where you're trying to keep the cards a little close to the vest there, don't show your <laughs> cards. But there were a couple noteworthy items to come out of these interviews uh, today. And the first one, uh, we saw Nick Foles. The announcement was made. Nick Foles will be a free agent. They're not going to trade him there in Philadelphia. He's cut free. Uh, He's going to get a chance to go wherever he wants. Although it seems like everything we hear, this is all pointing to one team in one direction, and it's south. Yeah, Jacksonville. Sounds like Jacksonville are the major players. Jacksonville, uh, when you take 
those comments that you heard from the Eagles and then you listen and see the transcript from David Caldwell, it seems like they have a leadership void. They yep. need a leader at the position more so than anything else. They need someone that can kind of hold it all together, put the pieces of the puzzle in place, and kind of convey that winning pedigree. It sounds like Nick Foles is the perfect fit for what they're lacking in Jacksonville. And you look at Filippo there as the offensive coordinator, somebody who's been around Nick Foles there in Philadelphia as his quarterback's coach, have a relationship Makes all the sense in the world. Would not surprise me at all if that's what ends up happening uh, with Foles. I did get a little bit of a chuckle, though, because I know some people were saying, you know, out of the goodness of their heart, the Philadelphia Eagles decided, you know, as a thank you note for Foles winning the MVP <laughs> to let him be a free agent pick where he wants yeah, to no, go. Yeah, that's not how it went down. And I, I, there are some fine people in Philly. I love all those guys that work there. I know them all well. You're trying to tell me if they were offered a first-round pick that it would all have been out of the goodness of their heart, they would have still just let him be a free agent? I don't, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. It would be interesting to see what Nick Foles eventually signs for. And if it doesn't go his way in Jacksonville, who else is out there looking for him? Who else would take him on? How much would they pay him? Uh, Nick Foles kind of took a chance, bet on himself to hit the free agent market. We'll see if he's able to kind of match what would have been available if he had just kind of signed his deal and stayed in. All right, another piece of quarterback news to come out. Steve Kime. I don't know if you got a chance to see this, Buck. I, I know you're doing TV I did, all day long. I did long. see it. I did see it. Interesting, because I saw the transcript. I did not get a chance to see the video. And it, there is a difference, because I can say, I'm going to give you the same words two ways, okay, and you can interpret them differently. Okay, so the question is, is Kyler Murray your quarterback? And if I said, uh, or sorry, sorry, is Nick, Florida didn't slip, is, <laughs> is, is Josh Rosen your quarterback? And if I say, Josh Rosen's our quarterback for now, that's one thing. What if I say, Josh Rosen's our quarterback? for now <laughs> same words different little different meaning there a little different meaning in the way that it came off it didn't come off like they were 100 percent all behind josh rosen now we've had this conversation before we started the podcast maybe they called josh rosen they said look the next two or three months earmuffs earmuffs don't listen to anything that comes out we're just kind of positioning this we're trying to auction off the number one pick so we're going to drive up some interest in any team that may like one of the quarterbacks we're really going to set the table to make it seem like we may go quarterback. But if they didn't have that conversation. He ain't going to be there then. Yeah, because based on the way that it sounded, it sounds like, uh, I mean, I kind of have a girlfriend, but not really. You know how hard it is to play quarterback in this league as a young quarterback. And a young quarterback who's not coming off a great year in comparison to what we saw from Baker Mayfield and even we saw Josh Allen have some yep. success running around. Lamar Jackson's in the postseason. Sam Darnold finished up strong. I think you would say, based off all the rookies during the year, probably yep. put Josh Rosen at, at the back of that big five, right, yes. and how they played last year. So you would think confidence maybe not sky high coming off of a year. And, look, I didn't think it's his fault. They couldn't protect him. They didn't have a lot going for them, for them there. They've changed the whole coaching staff. You do not mess with a young quarterback psyche who's a little bit vulnerable coming off an average rookie season Unless one of two things. That conversation has taken place privately and you let him know what we're getting ready to do. Or you're moving on and you're going to go ahead and take Kyler Murray with the first pick and Josh Rosen is no longer going to be a member of the Arizona Cardinals. I can't see any other outcome other than those two outcomes. And I think they have to make that decision. And that a lot of that will be determined on how Kyler Murray works out here. I think if he puts up a, a number, we talk about putting up number, he posts something in the 4-4 four, four or lower in the 40, and he throws like we think he's going to throw if he elects to throw. I think he puts a lot of pressure on the Cardinals to make the right decision because the problem that you have is we have on record his coach, Steve Kimes' coach. First pick. If I had the first pick of the draft, I'd take Kyler Murray. Oof, okay. Well, guess what? You got it. You got the first pick. Mm -hmm. Your system 
all those other things. I'm not saying he's Pat Mahomes, but he can do some Pat Mahomes-like things in terms of creating. This is your chance. And if I am Kingsbury and I have an opportunity in the first year, I can. the first year is the honeymoon phase. So I can really go out and kind of set the vision for my program and how I want it to go. If I am that big in the Kyler Murray, I pull the trigger. I pull yeah. the trigger and make – I make I make Kyler Murray my guy, and then we figure out what to do with Josh Rosen after that. To me, I, so many times we get asked, "Who, which quarterback do you like better?" Who would you, look? It comes down to fit for these teams. Some guys don't fit well in certain spaces. They might fit better somewhere else, and they might have more success somewhere else. I think Kyler Murray's the best quarterback personally for me, best quarterback in the draft. Now it's probably a little bit higher than I anticipated with him being the first overall pick. But if you're looking for fit, the two places where he makes the most sense and fits: number one in Arizona, obviously the mm-hmm. uh, the head coach recruited you. Uh, specifically to run his offense. Yep. And the other one is Jacksonville, who it sounds like might be going in the Nick Foles direction. Those two teams, I would have, even though I have him, you know, at 14 on my list, I wouldn't, I'd be okay with it because I can say you have a plan in place. He fits. Go win some ball games, no problem with it. Um, but trying to find other teams that fit, it's a little more tricky. But I just, I, I can't. I keep, I keep coming back to the Rosen thing. You don't do that. You don't say that about a young guy. Uh, it, it, you just don't do that. You no, don't do that to him. You definitely put him in the crosshairs. You put a lot of pressure on him. And not only that, now what you've created, you've created even more pressure on him next year if you do retain him. Because mm-hmm. now the conversation – Oh, you think they're not going to be box score scouting to see what Kyler Murray's doing wherever he is? Now the conversation will always be Josh Rosen versus Kyler Murray. It was bad enough he had to compete with the quarterbacks in his own class. Now he has to compete with Kyler Murray because there's always going to be the what-if factor. Well, what if we moved on and Kyler Murray was our quarterback as opposed to a lot of pressure on Josh Rosen, no matter how they slice it, whether he's a Cardinal or elsewhere. Yeah, I, I think, too, you make a move. You go hire Cliff Kingsbury a year after he got fired at Texas Tech. Is is the offensive coordinator at USC in what some believe is a lame duck situation there with what's transpired there, and you make him the head coach of your NFL franchise. That is bold. That's more bold, in my opinion, than even moving on from, from Rosen and, and selecting Kyler Murray with the first pick. So don't half-step it. If you've got a plan, you're committed to it. Go all go, in. Go. Don't settle. Go all in. Like, whatever, whatever you're going to go at Let's quarterback, if you love it, go get it. Don't worry about all the other stuff. Don't worry about the fallout. If Kyler Murray is the guy that you think can take your offense to the next level and really be the franchise quarterback, you got to go all in. Go do it. All right, and uh, let's, uh, let's move on now to your mock draft. Mock draft 2.0, Buck. Uh, it's out, and looking through it, I think we got to start right here at the number one pick with Arizona. Let's assume Josh Rosen is still the quarterback there. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks, myself included, everybody's kind of said, okay, well, Nick Bosa's going to be the first pick. Not so fast, my friend. Not so fast. And, and here's what I'm thinking when I put Quentin Williams at number one overall to the Cardinals. You already have an outside rusher in Chandler Jones. If you elect and decide that you want to really upgrade your team, you can resign Marcus Golden. Mm-hmm. So then you have two edge rushers in Golden and Jones. But if you get a disruptive player inside in Williams, now you're beginning to cook with gas, much like the L.A. Rams have been able to do by pressuring you right up the gut. I like the way he plays. I like his size, his strength, his toughness. I like the motor. And I think as they're trying to reboot this thing, they need someone that has a little attitude. I think he gives them a little attitude on defense outside of the playmaking ability that it brings to the table. I have no problem with it. I have, I have Bosa as my top player. Quentin Williams graded almost identically for me. He's my number two player. Either one, I think, would be spectacular there. Uh, Going to be big-time pros and make a lot of sense. So I'm okay with that, with uh, Quentin Williams, number one. How about let's get to number five on the list. Or what, what, what you want to highlight? Anybody else here? No, no. I was going to go think, straight to five because no, that I was think, interesting to me. Like, I, I, think, I think it's standard. Like Bosa goes to San Francisco, Josh Allen, the Jets. 
And then you have Rashawn Gary at four, at five, Devin White to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And what I'm thinking with him, Todd Bowles comes in and takes over. Todd Bowles needs someone on that defense that can kind of ignite this team. This team is underachieved on defense. And I think the things that we hear from LSU on Devin White, we know he's a sideline-to-sideline playmaker. We know he can run and instincts and all that other stuff. But it's the intangible qualities. He's their Jamal Adams. He who is, Bowles had up there with right. the Jets. That's right. He's the energizer bunny. He is the guy that's going to add some life to that defense. And, look, I think Bruce Arians is going to get the offense right. The offense will score points, and they'll do those things. Defensively, they have to fix it. And I just think they need a leader. They need a leader on that unit, much like you talked about Jamal Adams and what he added. I think Devin White also adds that. No doubt. I, I like that fit there. And we'll see what Quan Alexander is a free agent coming off of an injury. Um, there's a need there at the position. No doubt. Then at six, you've got the quarterbacks going six seven. Haskins at six. Murray, who we've talked about, Jacksonville at seven. Uh, Farrell going to Detroit at eight. Um, who, by the way, I think teams. The, the thing that comes up with him more and more is the you learn to appreciate him. The more you watch him, the more you appreciate him. When you first watch him, you might say, "Okay, I don't see an elite burst. Um, he's not you know super loose and fluid and and you know bendy coming off the edge." You just keep watching game after game, and you see somebody that's strong, powerful, productive. Uh, run, pass, everything. You're like, okay, I grew an appreciation for him as we went through the process. And also, we talked about this in the evaluation process. When you're picking in the top 10, top 15. No misses. Just want to hit doubles. I just want to get a guy that's going to show up each and every week for 16 weeks. going to give me a solid day's effort, and hopefully he gives me some spectacular production. But I just want to make sure that the guy that I'm bringing in is going to be a positive contributor, and I think Farrell will do that. I will say this. With Dwayne Haskins at six, I think it's interesting with Dave Gettleman's comments where he talked about the Kansas City model working well. Explain that. Explain that. The Kansas City model was when the Kansas City Chiefs traded up and drafted Pat Mahomes, they had Alex Smith in tow. Alex Smith was a veteran quarterback. There was no pressure to rush Pat Mahomes on the field. They let the veteran play. It gave Pat Mahomes an opportunity to sit on the sideline and learn how to be a professional. It gave him some, some time to adjust to the speed of the game. And lo and behold, the second year when he's given the reins. Off he goes. Off he goes, wins the MVP. I think that resonates with people. And I think the New York Giants are going to try and follow follow that model. Eli Manning is going to be the quarterback. Hey, you're the starting quarterback for 2019, but just know this is the swan song. This is it. Sounds like when Kurt Warner was with the Giants when they <laughs> selected Eli Manning. Same yeah. exact thing. So, look, Eli, you're going to start it. And when the young guy's ready, he's going to take over, be it in 2019 or 2020. He is going to be the future face of the franchise. Now it's a matter of trying to pick which guy would be right. I will say this, and I'm not going to spoil it because this will happen in a later mock draft. The wild card on this pick at number six, and the talent may not suggest that he would do it, but if they're going to do the Kansas City model, don't be surprised if Daniel Jones ends up being the pick here at six. Really? And the reason why I'll say if we're just doing six degrees of separation. The Cutcliffe connection there. The Cutcliffe connection and all of the other things. He goes and plays for David Cutcliffe, who coached Eli Manning at Ole Miss. The guy who trains him, David Morris, was Eli Manning's backup quarterback. When you hear David Gettleman, just the way that he reveres Eli Manning, I think you would like to get someone who is similar in terms of how he's acted, how he conducts himself. The one thing that we can talk about Daniel Jones, he's not a wild player in terms of like how he plays and the way that he, he will. He's going to test well here. He he's will gonna, test well here. He's going to test well. But he's not gonna, a huge arm. He's going he's gonna to hit all the checks when it comes to the intangible qualities and those things. But because he's quiet, similar to Eli, I think they can fall in love because the one thing that they know, 
They never had any issues with Eli in New York. Yeah. He doesn't rub people the wrong way. He's just fine. He just kind of goes unnoticed. And in New York, in that major market, maybe Daniel Jones ends up being a better fit for them when it comes to how they're doing the succession plan. Because you also know if David Cutcliffe calls, Eli says, hey, take care of my guy. He's going to take care of him. Yeah, no, it would be a it would be a smooth transition, I think, relationally, no question. I think they even share the same agent. So uh, something oh. definitely to keep an eye on there uh, with the Giants. All right, let's keep it going here. Uh, as we go through, we've got Buffalo, Juwan Taylor. Unfortunately, not going to see him work out here. An outstanding uh, tackle prospect, and the Buffalo Bills need some help there. Uh, Denver, Drew Locke. That's a fun one. That is a fun one. and I, Even with Joe Flacco. Even with Joe Flacco, because I think they are in a division with Kansas City, and they saw how it worked out well. I just believe John Elway is going to be smitten with Drew Locke and his talent. Size-wise, athleticism, arm talent. He's going to say, maybe we didn't do this right when we took Paston Lynch. Uh, we wanted him to get on the field right away. And even though he played, maybe he was the wrong guy. With Drew Locke, now you have a Super Bowl winner. You have someone in position that there's no pressure. Oh, Flacco would be – he would not be pleased. I mean, like he, <laughs> he, he would not be pleased. He doesn't have to be pleased. Ugh. Like, we're just going to keep paying him. If we yeah. can pay him for two years. That's the thing. They still have additional years on the deal where he could be the starter for maybe two years before Drew Locke gets on the thing. I think it's a situation that would work well for the Denver Broncos if they view Drew Locke as a developmental prospect. All right. I don't have time to go through every single nope. pick here, so I want to highlight maybe a couple more. Uh, Philadelphia at 25, taking a guy who was coached extremely well in high school, Dexter Lawrence. Oh, yeah, Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence. I think Dexter Lawrence is a, is a nice fit here because they got to beef up the interior. With all of the stuff that is going on, Tim Jernigan has a big number. Uh, Hello, Dinata may not be there. And Dexter Lawrence, I actually think you have a guy that can be the one technique, meaning he plays over the nose, or the three technique, meaning he plays over the guard. They need to get better. And the one thing we know about the Eagles, they like to invest in big people in the first yeah. round. Offense, offensive line, defensive line, somewhere in there, I think it's going to be a meat and potatoes pick. All right, last pick of the first round. And, again, you can go to NFL.com slash Bucky Brooks. You will find Bucks Mock Draft 2.0. Always interested to see what uh, everybody has the Patriots doing because obviously none of us have a clue <laughs> what they're going to do. So who no do you have clue. them taking there at 32? Rock your sin. Oh, it's my dude. Rock your sin at the bottom of the first round. Temple, corner. And the only thing that I can I can think about is at Super Bowl, they kept talking about – Bill Belichick kept talking about what he likes in players. I like smart. I like tough. tough. I like blue-collar type guys. And so, what, Temple? Temple, Temple tough. tough. Want a tough guy that's going to come, is going to know the role, is going to play his part. I think Rock Yassin can do that, and also the versatility. I think Rock Yassin can play outside. I also believe he can bump down and play in the nickel. As they're losing people on the outside, I think Rock Yassin would be a nice, solid pick for the New England Patriots at 32. Right, that's a fun one there. Again, go to NFL.com slash Bucky Brooks. You can check out the rest of his mock draft. All right, you ready for a little defensive positional preview here? Did the offense the other day, so you can go check that out in the previous pod. Uh, as we go through the positions offensively, what we're looking forward to seeing. Let's jump to the defensive side of the ball, Buck. Uh, let's go inside defensive tackles. We just talked a little bit about Dexter Lawrence, but give me a defensive tackle you're looking forward to watch here. I want to watch the top guy, and that's Quentin Williams. And the reason I want to watch him, I know he's not going to bench for us here, but I want to see if he can kind of fall in line with being that Aaron Donald-type player, meaning a guy that is disruptive, that emerges as the best player in football down the line. I love how he played at Alabama. I like the way that he was disruptive, the motor, uh, the fact that he really came on like gangbusters his final season. I think his best football is ahead. I want to see some of the athleticism on display on the turf. Uh, I could go through a bunch of different names. Uh, really looking forward to seeing Ed Oliver, who's going to be fun. He's going to blow out the testing. We'll see how big he is. 
Uh, I have a, a guess he's probably going to come in around 280 pounds, and he is going to run four six flat, four six five something out here. It's going to be ridiculous. Uh, but I'm going to go to a small school guy. I'm going to go Colin Saunders, who we Ooh. saw at the Reese's Senior Bowl, put on a show there from Western Illinois. Uh, ended up leaving a day because he had, had a baby and then ended up coming back. He's doing a backflip in the rain after practice one day. It's a fun story. I, I know watching him, the first game I watched was against Illinois. You always want to watch these uh, mm-hmm. lower-level schools against their 1A Big opponents, school. even though Illinois is eh, Illinois. Uh, dominant. Dominant player, but more tackle-to-tackle. Plugger. Didn't know how much he was going to bring from an upside with pass rush and then lateral range. Get to the senior bull buck. He's awesome in one-on-ones. He's making plays sideline to sideline. So he takes his film, which was good, elevates that at the senior bowl. Now can he continue that trend, get out here at, at this workout here in the combine, have a great workout. Now we're talking about Colin Saunders, who maybe in the fall fourth round, maybe talking about him in the second round if he can finish this thing up the right he way. He just needs to finish it up. We talk about checking off the boxes. This is the next box. He checked it off at the senior bowl, was dominant during the practice week. Even in the midst of having a baby, comes back, shows up, plays well. So now you want to see the athleticism. There's so many teams that are fascinated by the inside rusher because you oh, see it's how the best it thing going the right now. Everyone is looking for that guy. So if he shows up and kind of dazzles a little bit, I think he's going to have an opportunity to really, really move up the board. All right, Buck, let's go to the edge rushers here. Give me an edge rusher you're looking forward to seeing. Well, I can't go with my first choice. So I'm going to go with my second choice. My second choice is going to be Montez Sweat. Okay. Montez Sweat, I want to see if the athleticism matches up to what I saw at the senior ball. I know he's been a little bit of an up-and-down player at Mississippi State. I like the production on tape. But I want to see – him really move around and bend. I thought he was by far one of the more dominant players at the senior bowl. But now the athletic traits I want to see because I think that's ultimately going to determine how high he can be drafted. And I'm looking right now in the middle of the first round with the Carolina Panthers sitting there needing an edge rusher. If he dazzles, I think it really enhances his opportunity to be a guy that comes off the board in the first round. What if I told you there's a chance he right, he might run the Moses Malone? <laughs> foe, foe. Foe. Come on, Montez Sweat running 4 fours. There's a chance he can run in the 4 fours. You heard it here first. Right, Do not man. be surprised if Montez Sweat at 250 whatever pounds he is, six foot six, goes under 4-5. He's going to run under 4-6. I'll, 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 I'll guarantee you that. Yeah. He might run in the 4 fours. If he runs that, put his name in pin in the t- first In the 10. top ten. Oh, yeah. absolutely. He'll yeah. run the top ten because he has enough production on tape. Then you saw the senior bowl. If he runs that, you can forget about it. He's top ten. All right, next one, an edge rusher for me. Jakai Polite from Florida. Nice. I want to see him. Really, I'm going to put Burns in there, too. Uh, yeah, we got Burns, Burns from Florida is, State. Is Brian Burns. Good. Those two guys in the state of Florida, there's, look, the burst and the athleticism jumps off the tape. Both those guys, elite get off. I, I imagine they're going to test, jump, run, all that stuff outstanding. How much weight are they carrying? Jakai Polite played early in his career at 265, dropped down to the 240s this year. So what does he show up weight-wise? Looking forward to that. Brian Burns reports he played the 220s which was something I had a tough time getting over because I, I see the I see the length and the speed, but when he got engaged, game over. Bye-bye. We use it in scouting phrase, got to win early. Yes. If he doesn't win off the snap, he's not going to win. So is he? can he carry 245? Maybe he shows up 240 in the 240s, and then if he is in the 240s, can he still run and be as athletic as we saw him in the 220s? So those two guys I'm keeping an eye on. No, I mean, like you have to watch those guys because you, you need to have someone who has a little size that can hold up and set the edge while also being able to get to the pass. All right, let's go to linebacker. Who are you looking at? I'm looking at Mac Wilson. I'm looking at Mac Wilson from Alabama because, look, the jury's still undecided on where he kind of fits in the range of the top 50 
uh, when I look at him. The more I watch, the less I like Buck. Yeah, I know. But like, Early on, I loved him. And then as you got later like, in the season, about, he kind of fell I off. Know, but think about this class at inside linebacker. No, it's a it, – you know it's what a, I've dubbed this – you know what I've dubbed these linebackers? The Devons and the drop-off. <laughs> you get Devin Bush – You've got uh, uh, Devin White. Well, Devin White, then Devin Bush, and then the drop-off. Yeah, so so Mac Wilson, by all accounts, should be the next one. How he performs will determine whether he's a first-round or second-round pick, but there are enough teams that need inside linebackers that you want to see some stuff. And he has ball production. He has turnovers. He's created those guys. Look, some of it is not always pretty, but he can run around a little bit. If he runs around well here, I think it will help his chances of being a guy that is – no later than a day two guy. All right, that's a good one. I'm going to go Terrell Hanks from New Mexico State. Very explosive. We saw him at the Senior Bowl deliver the biggest hit during the week of practice mm-hmm. down there. Watched him on tape. I see that same explosiveness. I see him as a blitzer. He's got range laterally. My question was, man, he's a little bit tight. Okay, what's the difference between him and Darius Leonard? Darius Leonard, I thought, a little more fluid in coverage. So let's look at him in the workout here. Maybe it's something he's been working on. He's getting a little looser, a little more flexible. And we'll see him change direction and go through some drills here. That's what I'm looking forward to watching. Yeah, I mean, he has to he has to stand up. Look, you find these guys. And every year, I think everyone is looking for the next Darius Leonard. And because yeah. Darius Leonard, we knew about him because he showed up at the Senior Bowl. But because he came from the small school ranks, more teams are kind of casting their eyes on the guys that maybe not get talked about as much on the national media stage. But when Darius Leonard can go from a second-round pick to being an all-pro player, it kind of makes people go Hello. back and say, yeah. who can I find that can be the next guy? All right, let's just go to the secondary as a whole. One player, corner or safety, who are you looking forward to watching? Man, this is tough because I like your guy from Delaware. Uh, Nasir Adderley. Nasir Adderley yeah. is, is certainly intriguing. But I'm going to go at corner, and I'm going to go with the Vanderbilt kid, Juwan oh, Williams. Yeah, yeah. Look, he is The 40 is big for him now. The 40 is huge for him because if he runs a good 40, I mean, mm-hmm. he has all the things, size, length. He can tackle. He does a good job in coverage in man and zone. He's kind of the perfect corner for a team that likes to do a bunch of different things in the scheme. It comes down to the 40 time. It comes down to the clock. Is he fast enough as a big corner? Yeah, that's, a, that's a good one. I'm going to go Byron Murphy from UW, from Washington. He's my favorite. So he's a great player now, but here's the concern, right? He's 180 pounds, and you worry he might be a 4.55 guy. So last year we saw Denzel Ward's slight frame, but rolled. Fast. Can fly. So it's tough to be both. It's tough to be a little bit small and not have the speed. You can't to go be small with and slow. That's a tough one. So I think he's a great player. He's a fun player to watch, and I'll be rooting for him when the clock starts. That he can get. It doesn't have to be four four five. If he can run four five two, just don't run four six flat. That's right. what I'm saying. See, look, we talked about this. It doesn't matter because I know we're gonna focus on the electronic times. In the stands. Oh, you get your hand time. In the stands, there's, like some, him. there's somebody that likes him. Yep. And he's going to come in on 449 on that watch. <laughs> no matter if they have to wait for him to run five yards before they start the clock or whatever, he's coming in at 449 on the team that really likes him. The thing about him is he's such a good player, and I think he can play anywhere in that back end, outside, inside. He's tough. He can play man his own, gets his hands on the ball. He is the right kind of corner. He, He's my favorite. I like him. Yeah. No, he's a good player. That's why I'm looking forward to, uh, to watching him there. It'll be fun, man. I cannot wait. I love the combine. I know I've got some scouting buddies that hate it. They hate it, Buck. I like being down here the whole time. They're long days. Just, they got their you interviews. Just, you just like being able to eat. Like, you just like being I'm able to eat. I'm not a big eat eat on, the company, guy. on the company dime. You I've like done, all of that I did other no stuff. breakfast today. Just a little coffee. No I'm going big dinner tonight. I'm going to big dinner tonight. No breakfast. That's not smart. I get a, I get a free, a nice dinner um, by my guys uh, from EA that, that Chuck hooked me up with. 
Oh, that's nice. So my Madden buddies, Ben. Ben runs the show there, so if Ben takes us out to a nice little. Uh, I think we go St. Elmo's tonight. Little St. Elmo's, get a little steak, little uh, get that cocktail how, how sauce. Big, how big is the steak? You you going big? I'm a petite fillet guy. It's not something I'm proud of. It's just who I am. It's we did a, it yesterday. We did St. Elmo's myself, Mark, Erica, and Eddie, and uh, let's just say all of us got the ribeye, and it was very good. Did you uh, get the cocktail? The shrimp cocktail? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Have you done that did before? You? Have you been here before, Kent? I've had the I've had the shrimp cocktail before, uh, with the sauce. I actually ordered it years ago to my apartment out in L.A. Oh, it's oh. not the same. Delivered. But that's not the oh. same. Oh, I know, I know. But oh. no, it, oh, it's great. Yeah. Oh, to clear your oh. sinuses a little bit. Huh? Feel better? You have a good night's sleep. Oh, it's can't, overrated. Can't 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 say. Kent is basically he's saying that Saint Elmo's is a little overrated. He's, I'll tell you what though. Kent strikes. Let, let me just see if this is accurate. This is a guess. Kent strikes me as somebody that that. He could he could take that hot sauce that or the chip challenge and all that high, spicy stuff. He likes all this. Stuff. I bet you it doesn't even phase him. Doesn't phase you, huh? You, you like me. spicy food. You like you probably spicy you probably could go to you probably go to Fatburger and get the triple XL. No, it's like no, it's like double. it's like no, your is your name and face all over L. A. I just all I could see him just eating raw jalapenos. I don't think that Kent I do. He, he has no fear and there's he loves just the no, I do handle spicy food pretty see? well. Thank you. It doesn't do well for my stomach though. But overall. It's, it wasn't probably nearly as hot as a lot of see, people claim it see, is. Yeah. He, like, he likes the challenge. Probably a little more information. Like, whatever the challenge is at Permani Brothers, he probably is all over the place. Oh, probably yeah. all over the place. I did a Capicola and cheese sandwich there, or as Eddie calls it, Gabagol, because he's a Sopranos guy. And oh, he, nice. he claims everybody. Gabagol. He said if you say Capicola in New York, you won't get served Capicola. You have to say Gabagol to get served. At least that's what he claims. Really? Eddie Spaghetti. Very interesting. Yeah. Do I have to go to one of those places where you got to knock three times and spin around and <laughs> they take you all the way through the kitchen down in the back to get it? Maybe. Maybe you do. But, yeah, we did St. Elmo's last night. Permantis for lunch yesterday and today so far. Oh, so back it's to been, back? I, why not? Oh, wow. I don't yeah. get Permantis out in L.A. I need to get it in while I'm here. All right. Hey, let's get out of here. Let's, let's wrap it up. Buck's had a long day. Doing a lot of TV today. Man. Uh, I've had an easy day. It's been great. Uh, all right, let's get out of here. i got some things I need to talk to Bucky about off the air. Uh, don't want either one of us getting in trouble here. Uh, that's <laughs> going to do it for us. Right? Thank you guys so much for watching and listening uh, to Move the Sticks. We've got you covered. Whatever happens here at the Combine, we will break it down for you as we leave Indianapolis. But hopefully you'll be tuning in, watching our coverage live on NFL Network as well as NFL.com. Have all your recap shows, uh, everything there for you. So pay attention. We've got you covered. NFL Network, NFL.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to NFL.com slash podcasts. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain unlimited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break 
and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you got to get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there, way out there. Turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals, and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu.